I hope the first thing we can do for the industry is reduce costs significantly because our primary position is that we go free. So it'll be free to list on our side. There is a freemium model, uh, and that's for agents that want to have a brand execution. They'll still be very heavily branded uh, free advertising. Um, and the, the reason that we're going free is I, I see the market as being a $300 billion category, not a $1 billion category. So the advertising market operates in just a billion dollar category. But if you, if you look at the mortgage market, the insurance market, um, the, uh, the connections market, there, there's another $300 billion in total. So mortgages alone are 90 billion. Um, insurance is 40 billion. Connections are 40 billion. So effectively, the, the main portals play in this $1 billion space in order, um, and yet they leave the rest of the ecosystem behind. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner, Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. For more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier for your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. And to get new episodes of Elevate directly to your inbox, sign up at eliteagent.com slash subscribe. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey, everyone. It's Sam here. Today on Elevate, we're joined by a real creative visionary in the Australian real estate and media sectors. He's currently the chairman of View Media Group, which includes realestateview.com.au, AD Group, the Today Business, Bevo and Propic. He's the executive chairman of ACM, which he owns in partnership with one of the country's most successful investors, Alex Weislitz. ACM itself is home to 130 brands across the country, including the Canberra Times, the Newcastle Herald, Illawarra Mercury, Border Mail, the Launceston Examiner, and a national network of agriculture titles, including The Land. Beyond this, his influence extends to the vibrant world of New York tech startups and even to the tranquil surroundings of Byron Bay, where he owns the iconic Rays on What It Goes boutique hotel. Of course, I am talking about the one, the only, Anthony Catalano. So welcome to the show. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm really good. And it's great to have you here. And that may be the longest intro I've had for one of my guests for as long as I can remember. I feel exhausted just listening to it. Do you ever sit still? Um I am now, but uh, good question. I've got a lot on my plate, but I, I enjoy it. And um, I've got nine children, so I can't afford to sit still. Absolutely. So you're an ex-journalist by trade, so you probably know that I'm going to start the interview with some kind of fun icebreaker question. And the question I'm going to ask you today is, who's the most famous person you've met in Byron and how many Hemsworths do you have on your speed dial? <laughs> uh, well, I'm very good friends with the Hemsworth parents, uh, Leonie and Craig. We actually traveled overseas recently to holiday for Craig's birthday. Um, I did meet Matt Damon while I was in Byron Bay. I had a very, um, had a very funny day with him at, um, at a studio 54 party, uh, that, um, was hosted there. And, um, oh, I've met Cole Kidman at the, through the hotel and I've met, um, Borat and Sasha Baron Cohen and a few other, a few other celebrity uh, types uh, through the hotel. But yeah, the place is certainly, um, a buzz with celebrities at different times. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing place and such a beautiful beautiful part of the world. Just you're, you're very you're very very lucky. But we did walk past Elon Musk once, but not in Byron Bay and the Gold Coast. <laughs> so, um, so with that out of the way, like what we're really here to get stuck into today is what's happening at View. Um, as a media person, you know myself, I've been truly fascinated over the years by how your mind works and how you 
think about the deals that you've put together in the past and now. So let's talk about View. Tell me a little bit about how this company has evolved over the last five years. Sure. Um, I left to Maine about five and a half years ago. And as soon as I left, I started buying, um, either buying or investing in um, real estate tech startups. So I bought a stake in the Tomorrow Agency, which is a creative agency, along with its um, media buying business, Media Plus. Um, and I started investing in the, the Today business, a digital uh, media player uh, with its own proprietary software and, and a range of other businesses and started assisting my son and he, um, his partner, Tom Hollywood, in, um, uh, in apartmentdevelopments.com.au. Uh, and about the same time I was doing that, I was, um, I was launching into an acquisition of Australian community media. What I wanted to do was to build a, a real estate tech and media company of the future, but I needed to use the, the same instruments that I had used at Domain, which was to have the, the, the Fairfax network in order to grow the Domain brand. Well, the, the ACM network of more than 130 odd titles meant that I would have reach through all of Reservoir Australia, approximately 8.8 million audience reach. Um, and so that, be, that would become a very critical part of then growing my, my real estate media company. Um, and if you look historically at what's happened in the tech space, Seek was bubbling along okay until um, James Packer um, invested $32 million for 25% stake in that business. The Channel 9 became a partner of that business on the monotone the audience reach, and now Seek is an $8 billion business. If you look at the success of realestate.com, it was a business that nearly went broke. Um, Lachlan Murdoch um, invested in that business, they eventually took a 61% position for about $100 million. And it was backed by a media company with enormous media reach, and that grew. If you look at car sales, uh, much the same, at one point owned by um, part owned by Fairfax, part owned by, um, by the Packers as well. Again, you know, enormous audience reach. And more recently, if you look at, say, Airtasker, which was backed by Channel 7, um, you can see how great tech companies in Australia have one common element. They either are still owned or are partly owned by, or were owned by media companies. And the importance of that is just the access to audience. And so for me, in setting up the View Media Group, which is a, um, which is a whole new way of, of looking at the real estate market, I needed the support of a media company. So I, I bought one and I partnered with Channel 7 to provide the metropolitan reach. Yeah, that's like I, I looked at the portfolio of companies under View Media Media Group and we've mentioned a few of them, AD Group, the Today Business, Bevo uh, and Propic. So how do you see each of those playing a role in View Media Group moving forward? Sure. Um, there, there are ostensibly six elements of the business currently. So the, the top two layers I would call our, our go-to-market strategy, our consumer-led businesses. So we've got uh, view.com.au uh, and we've got um, AD Group. The view.com is a residential portal and AD Group is apartment developments uh, and it's for off-the-plan buying. The second tier of, um, of businesses in the group include the Today business, which has, uh, which has its proprietary software, which help, helps residential clients by, by media, uh, performance marketing. I've got a stakeholding in the Tomorrow Agency. We've got a stakeholding in the Property Agency, which is a creative business. So, so those tiers of businesses are, work predominantly in the developer space, um, but they're largely focused on, on media buying, um, creative execution. And then the third tier of companies are Bevo and Tropic, which are Bevo being a connections business and Tropic being an, an AI business, which effectively helps agents with things like answering inquiries. So 85% of agent inquiries go unanswered. Propic is a tool that agents can use to automate the other uh, response to consumers and make sure that all leads are vetted. So if you look at it, we've got consumer, we've got a, um, an agent services business, 
Um, and then we've got some tech that streamlines the, um, the execution. I feel like that they're interesting pieces, but really do go together to create a differentiated offering. So I guess my question is in your mind, how will Vue differentiate from the portals that we have in Australia today, particularly for the agent community? Sure. Well, well, I hope the first thing we can do for the industry is reduce costs significantly because our primary position is that we go free. So it'll be free to list on our site. There is a freemium model, uh, and that's for agents that want, that want to have a brand execution. They'll still be very heavily branded uh, free advertising. Um, and the, the reason that we're going free is I, I see the market as being a $300 billion category, not a $1 billion category. So the advertising market operates in just a billion dollar category. But if you, if you look at the mortgage market, the insurance market, um, the, uh, the connections market, there, there's another $300 billion in total. So mortgages alone are 90 billion. Um, insurance is 40 billion. Connections are 40 billion. So effectively, the, the main portals play in this $1 billion space in order, um, and yet they leave the rest of the ecosystem behind. I acknowledge that you know, the, a couple of them are playing in the mortgage broking business, they don't have a banking partner. So we, um, in February of this year, we announced that ANZ uh, was our banking partner and they invested heavily to, uh, to, to come into our business. I also read somewhere that you're going to be offering like a complete view of the market, like it'll be all listings on the platform as well. How is that going to work? That's right. So, um, so um, in, in rebranding our business to view.com.au under the media, media uh, banner, we will not only feature the 140 to 150,000 listings that are currently on the market, we'll showcase every property. So we've done deals with uh, CoreLogic and, um, and with Nearmap. Uh, Nearmap is the first business to consumer deal. So, so there's um, aerial shots um, and then CoreLogic data of every single property in Australia. My thinking on that and, uh, and, and the, team, the, the team's broader thinking on this is that if you look at the, if you look at the um, existing portals, and you look at the numbers, the audience numbers that they promote and the number of properties that they have on their site, there's a clear disconnect. So, you know, the, the, the larger of the two portals claimed 10 million plus audience. And yet you go on the site, there's only 150, 160,000 total properties for sale. And so what that says to me is that there is a, there is a, an enormous number of dissatisfied customers that keep coming back every month because the property that they want isn't on the site. Now. If, you, if I think about it, um, if I think about it in the context of, say, uh, the employment industry, if the real estate industry was to operate like the employment industry, they would advertise to the, the entire market. So employers advertise a job to the entire market, not just to the unemployed. And so, whereas the real estate industry says it's a bit like one three cabs, you know, you, you, you've got to dial that number. In. The only card you can have is yellow, and the, typically the operator would say next available. Um, what we say is that, um, you know, that every, every house is available potentially. Um, and so we look at, we're looking at developing effectively a buyer's advocacy business that allows buyers to come on, you know, refine their search, find that there's only four properties for sale that, that fit their criteria in say the Melbourne suburb of Armadale, but there's another 40 odd properties that suit, uh, that, that suit their or fit their criteria, but which aren't on the market. Now, rather than settling for the best, you know, for the best available, why not, why not settle for the best? And effectively start to refine your search and go deeper and deeper into the search. You might want your property to be north facing um, and to back onto a park. Um, how many of those exist? Six. How many on the market? Zero. Can we now, with a verification process with you as a buyer, then provide our agent partners with leads that then lead to door knocking and potentially a sale? So it, give, it gives people, uh, effectively gives consumers the complete view of the market. And if you think about 
the way that uh, that Uber um, approached it. It also said one three cabs is not good enough, and also that every car can be a cab. And so we are, we're, we're taking that we're, we're taking that view that that every house is potentially a purchase. You just mentioned Nearmap, which is a name I haven't heard for a number of years. Actually, they had some really cool technology. I don't, I don't know, 10 years ago where they were showing the difference in suburbs over time. How will Nearmap integrate into view? Our, our search will be map-based rather than listing-based, which is obviously, I, I think the, um, the portals do it because it suits them. It doesn't really suit consumers. And if you look at an Airbnb experience, map-based searching is a much more practical uh, and desirable way to search. When you're charging a cost per listing, it's better to, to present a listing-based profile because that suits the portals currently. So. Um, with Nearmap, what we'll be doing is uh, we'll have satellite technology. You'll be able to zoom in and you'll be able to see all the properties um, in the price range um, that are for sale. So it'll have, a, it'll have map technology that, that puts a, um, a marker on each of the properties. And then you can then zoom in from there. And as you zoom in, you get to what's called zoom level, zoom level 20 uh, focus. It gets you the, um, the best possible um, aperture that you can. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. So in 2022, Seven West Media, which you've also just mentioned, invested in VIEW and um, James Warburton said he was excited and he constantly looking for businesses that they can help grow through reach and power of television, broadcast video, as well as print and digital. What sort of role do you see Seven West Media playing in VIEW Media Group moving forward, like over the next 12 months? Uh, well, look, they've been uh, fantastic partners to date. We obviously needed a metropolitan media partner because the ACM business is largely regional. For Channel 7, they don't have a, a digital business like, like the Channel 9s and, and News Limiters do. So the um, so this was a, an interesting opportunity for them to invest um, and invest alongside a, a group of very credentialed um, yeah, other investors and a very experienced management team. Some of the stuff that we'll be doing with them includes, you know, in-program, um, uh, obviously there's a large advertising component of, of the partnership, but there's also in-program partnerships with them. So they've, um, they've got an, an array of shows that they'll include a view media group in. Oh, are we talking things like Better Homes and Gardens and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. So let me just check that I've got the pieces of this jigsaw puzzle right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so Seven West Media is like the broader consumer audience. Um, ACM, which has 130 titles, is regional audience. So that's, that pretty much covers a lot of consumers. Yeah, it covers it. Channel 7 now through, uh, their, uh, through the Metro businesses they've got and then their acquisition of Prime and their West Australian newspapers already uh, reached 95% of all Australians. What we basically did, if you look at a map of Australia and you, and you look at the metropolitan areas, Channel 7's got them covered. We had regional Australia covered and Prime overlays into that as well. So we think we've now got the partner in, in 7 West Media, which provides us access to the largest audiences in the country. So the last time we talked in 2015, I think it was when you were at Domain, and one of the big things that we talked about, and I remember it was, a, it was a pretty long discussion and an interesting one, about the agent equity model. And back then, I think, well, also legend has it, with MMP, I don't know whether this is an urban myth or not, but I'm going to go with it anyway. There were four agents that invested 200K each, and each ended up with 22 million or something rather as a return. So with View Media Group, will we see some kind of return of an equity model? Well, it's not myth. That, that, that was exactly what agents did. Four of them invested $800,000 collectively and, um, and pulled out $88 million from the deal. So um, it was a great investment and, and it, was a, it was a great experience too, having agents as partners. 
we we use that agent equity model into the um, its domain. So we included um included agents in that business. We roll them into um, Strip and Fairfax at the time, and some of them have gone on to have some equity um in domain. In, in the current business, we have been talking to some agents about about investment from an early stage investment perspective. I think when we list in two or three years' time, I would expect that there was a there's a large scale like, um, industry participation at that point. That's, that sounds like a case of watch this space. Hopefully. Which I will, for sure. It's been a, a bit of a challenging year in property this year. The past 12 months, you know, we've seen low listing levels, um, interest rates on the increase, lack of affordable housing, rental crisis. You know, just as a leader in the industry and someone who watches the industry very closely, I'm just wondering what you see for the real estate industry in 2024. Um, look, I think the immediate change will be that interest rates look like they're on hold. And if anything, they're probably declining by the early to mid part of next year. So I think that's a, that probably provides a fair amount of relief for consumers who have been waxed 12 times with interest rates after they were told that there wouldn't be interest rate rises until 2024. So that, that there was a huge level of uncertainty and definitely room for everyone to, to breathe a sigh of relief now that we've had three months of, um, of interest rates on hold and inflation now falling the last month is 4.9%. So I think that's a, that, that's the first positive. Um, my discussions with agents um, in recent weeks have been that there's a strong return of volumes in the past few weeks. So I think that that, now that part of that could be vendor stress, um, you know, suffering from mortgage stress, but nonetheless, I think, you know, from a, from an industry perspective, we're seeing a return of volume that will have an interesting impact on prices, but it'll depend on. It'll depend on what level of volume we see return to the market. We live in interesting times, I think. This is the only time I think that, you know, you can't put rent up on a renter for 12 months and yet, you know, mortgage holders are feeling the pinch for 12 months in a row. That's right. Oh, look at, you know, the, I, I think the governments are trying to do, the government's trying to do whatever they can to protect all their consumers at different levels. I suppose the government takes a view that people shouldn't borrow so heavily if they, um, if they can't afford to have interest rates rise, whereas... You know, people renting are renting because they can't afford to own. But look, you know, consumers got, you know, Australians got ahead of themselves um, with property prices. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the escalation in property prices, particularly during COVID, is like nothing we've ever seen before. Um, and people were taking, you know, people were taking a view that a million dollars was $20,000 of repayments a year at 2%. So there's no doubt that the exuberance of the market needed to be quelled. I think that what it has done, though, is it's, fo- it's focused government attention on the need for more affordable housing uh, because, you know, the prices have just run away. Uh, hopefully that means that there are, there's a relaxation of some planning rules that allow um, you know, more wide-scale uh, land subdivisions that, that help address the problem. I mean, I was staggered to read the other day that our net migration flow this year will be 263,000, which means if you factor in that there's less than two people per household, we're going to need somewhere around 130,000, 140,000 houses a week. And we just don't produce two and a half thousand houses, you know, two hundred, two and a half thousand housing completions per week. So there's a massive demand for housing, and, and so you can you can see a whole bunch of factors there pushing up prices. Um, but we definitely need to address the housing affordability crisis and housing generally. Is, you know, there's just not enough houses. Yeah, I think it's it's such a it's such a tricky one. You know, like there are a lot of people out there looking for solutions, but it took us a long time to get here. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure that we found any solutions. I think we found more problems. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said in the intro, I, I sort of feel like over the years, you know, particularly the last five years, while you've been um, 
moving the pieces around, you are one of the true visionaries in real estate that we have in Australia. And I just wanted to, I wanted to ask you, you know, a couple of final questions. Like, what's the ultimate goal? Where do you see VMG in five years' time? When I'm talking to our investors, I talk about um, the, the starting position of the company. Um, and I point to, you know, Kerry Stokes and Alex Waislitz as two of the investors. So I say we've got two billionaire backers to start with. Uh, we've got three media companies and seven Prime, which is part of seven, and ACM. Um, we have the sixth largest company in Australia, in ANZ Bank, um, as a backer. Um, I've got behind me then seven of my former domain ELT members uh, that, have, uh, that have joined the team. Um, and I've got, um, and then a bunch of real estate media tech entrepreneurs uh, that have set up their own businesses that have joined the fold. So we, we start from a great position. Um, we then have um, within a company like view.com.au, 96 real estate agent partners in, the, in that group, including some of the other real estate institutes around the country. Um, we then have investors, real estate investors, uh, agent investors that are coming into the group. We started our marketing campaign later this month. Um, we have more than 130,000 listings on our site currently, and we haven't even effectively launched our, our public campaign. So I'd like to see th that marketplace develop so that people can, um, they, they can use that site um, and can access advertising at zero cost or, you know, in the, in the case of some agents that want to market at very low cost. So we're bringing some real benefits to the industry. Um, and, um, and then I'd like to see effectively the creation of a one-stop shop or, the, or what I call what I like to term the real estate superstore of the future, where you can come onto the site and you can look at to buy, sell or, or rent a house, but you can also connect your electricity. You can get a mortgage. You can actually shop and um, you, can, you can shop for furniture and other, other elements of it. Uh, other elements of the property, the property ecosystem. So I think for, uh, for too long now, the incumbents are solely a place to search for a property. Um, you then leave those sites and you connect your gas electricity, but you then leave those sites and you get a mortgage elsewhere and you get your insurance some, uh, somewhere else and you keep having to move from, from, um, from portal to portal. So there's no reason why um, you should be able to do that on one, on one site. So I, I hope in the not too distant future, we're seen as an alternative way to do business and um, because we offer the complete view of the market and, um, and we offer a total service solution. It's interesting what you say, like still, you know, in this day and age that we can't just hit a button and have it all happen when we want to move, you know, it sort of seems like the technology is there, but it's just, it doesn't talk to each other. No. Well, I think that the, the issue is that they're built by separate companies. There's different investors doing different things and, you know, removal companies are not real estate agent companies and banks are not, uh, and banks are not agents. And banks aren't insurers. And so everyone's got their siloed operation and no one has brought them together. But, you know, I, I, um, I get very excited when I think that $1 billion of total addressable advertising creates $22, $23 billion of value between the two incumbents in domain and REA. And I think, what does the remaining $299 billion look like in terms of equity creation? Um, and for me, involving the real estate industry in those transactions, because that they are at the core of the real estate transaction. When you list a property as an agent, you unlock a series of transactions that go on infinitum, you know, and I think agents haven't been great at, at tapping into all of those, um, th those potential opportunities. And you look at, um, you know, you look at most agents and they're, they're nervous about the listing. That's their core focus. And so offering a mortgage, offering insurance, offering, um, any of the other adjacencies is for them a bridge too far because they're trying to win the trust of the vendor, um, at, at that point. So. So for me, I look at it and think, you know, to what extent can we bring agents along for the journey with us and say, you can talk about it. Um, some agents do it. Most haven't done it very well. 
Um, but if you partner, if we partner, can we do it really well together? And I think that, you know, um, certainly I like to think my history in the industry and you have rattled off some numbers before around the financial returns, you know, I think we've been very good for agents in the past. We did it with, um, we did it with um, the weekly review magazine under the, the Metro media publishing brand. Um, we did it again with our domain where we presented ourselves as being sort of agent friendly. But when I first joined the business, we were very anti-REA in our, our, our attack because we, we made ourselves the friends of the industry. And I think what they did was make REA a much more agent friendly business than it had been. If you recall the previous CEO of around 2008, Greg Ellis had used the term that, you know, he was, uh, he was determined to disintermediate the agent from, um, from its, from the current role because they looked at, they looked at, um, REA looked at the agents and said, we make a few hundred dollars out of a listing, but the agents make thousands of dollars. How can we become the agent? And they were heading down that path. Um, once, you know, once I was at Domain and with the team behind me, we became much more agent friendly. And, you know, started to attack REA over its, you know, what I used to call its intentions to become what its initials stood for, REA, real estate agents. And so we used to maybe highlight to the industry that there was an opportunity to, to think about it differently. Um, as I say, I think the, the, the response from REA um, was that they became more agent focused as a result of the competition that we brought to the market. Uh, I think that this strategy that, uh, that we bring to the market this time is very agent focused. You know, we take, um, you know, we take that two and a half to $3,000 lifting fee uh, for a premier or a platinum down to zero or, or a fraction of that cost if they want to use the premium model within, within our premium model. So that's a, uh, that, that should be a major tick for all of the agents who are always complaining about the um, escalating cost of advertising schedules. So we're starting out as a freemium model and we've seen people do that and then move to more of a charging model. Is that likely to happen with you? Uh, categorically not. We, as, as I keep saying, we're not interested in the advertising pool. The, the agents that want to brand themselves and, the way, and that can potentially use VPA to, uh, to get uh, you know, a, a, a better branding position for their vendors, fine, they can have that. But our model is free because we want to create a marketplace. We want to create, we want to create the complete view of the market. And so for us, focusing on that billion dollars is a bit like the casino charging you to come in, come in to lose your money. We're not going to charge you to come into our business and then transact in other, in other areas. How will you monetize overall? Is it through these different revenue models, through the partners and things like that, through mortgages and the rest of the ecosystem that you've been talking about? Yeah, effectively. If I use an analogy, it's a bit like saying, if you, were, if you owned the Manchester United, would you rely just on the gate taking? Um, and you know, it's a significant part of the, it's not an insignificant part of the revenue, but the real, the really big revenues are in the merchandise or in fact, in being the league. And if I reiterate the, you know, the point about the $300 billion category, then what's happening is that the $1 billion that is derived out of advertising, the total addressable market of advertising being a billion dollars is deciding how big the marketplace is. So the incumbents are saying, I'm only as big as those that are prepared to pay to lift to have their properties. But the market is bigger than that. There are properties that are sold off market and they, they're sold off market because people don't either want the advertising or they just want to do it quietly. I think if people knew that there was a free site, um, those that want to go off market would be much more ready to go publicly off market for want of a better description. They'll happily advertise for free. Uh, but those that have to pay because they're putting their toe in the water to see what the market's like are less likely to take a listing. So if I look at the incumbents, they define the marketplace as those who are prepared to pay for a listing. But the problem market's much bigger than that. You know, there are many of us that have transacted property that were not on the market. 
you know, I sold the property only last week um, to, a, to the next door neighbor. There was no agent involvement and um, there was no advertising, but there's lots of those sort of transactions that occur. Now, yeah, in a world where that might be, where that property could be advertised for free, I would, um, I could just as easily have tested that property and seen that there are other buyers for that property. So I think the current system uh, limits what I'd call the transactional market. And equally, the total marketplace is much bigger than that. If you consider that, that, that a, a portal ad can range between $500 up to $3,000, and you compare that to the transactional value of a mortgage at, say, $400,000, bank typically will make, uh, on an average mortgage of $400,000, around $4,800 per annum on that. And they make it per annum for the life of the loan. Whereas in the real estate market, houses in the eastern suburbs of Sydney aren't transacting now for more than 15 years. So if you're one of the portals and you're relying on this transactional revenue from advertising your home, you better be around for a long time because that house isn't coming on, that house is only coming on the market six times in the next hundred years. And they do say that every property is for sale at a given price, right? That's exactly right. We certainly, um, we, we certainly live by, you know, that's part of our, uh, our ethos and our thinking in this business. So I'm being forced to buy the best house that's available in Armadale right now. Um, and the reason that that property's on the market is upgrading, they're divorcing, there's been a death, there's been an inheritance. Um, there's a whole range of reasons why, but all I've got that suit, that suit my criteria typically are four properties in a suburb at any one time. And yet most suburbs have 5,000 homes. And so the, the, so I'm being very limited in that, in that choice. It's really one, three cabs next available, uh, but on their terms, not my term. But I could, I, could, I could walk down the street and knock at a door that suits my criteria. The only thing is I don't know as a consumer of what that house features, but what we will have is a data set on 11 million homes in the country. But we will feature information on every single house in the country. So if it's free to list for an agent on view, what does that mean for the other portals that charge for listings? I think it, um, in the case of domain, it's a, it's a concern for them. I think... Um, because they only, they only receive about 15% of all inquiries nationally, um, I think when, that, when they're faced with a competitor that is free, I think that really um, dramatically affects their pricing elasticity. Um, for REA, on the other hand, I think who, who generate about 85% of all, all inquiries nationally, I think they would be less concerned by this because they work and therefore people will pay for, the, will, will pay for those audiences. Um, but it certainly puts domain under pressure. But yeah, I'd like to think that the, that the industry is better off for us tapping the market. Yeah, I think any industry is better off with competition. I worked for Optus for a number of years and I'm sure we made Telstra better during that time. Not me personally, but all of us together. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. And, and I think, you know, and, and I think um, you know, both Owen Wilson and, um, and Jason Pellegrino would, um, would be sitting comfortably in their position saying we welcome competition and we'll respond accordingly. As I say, we're not really interested in the advertising revenue component of the business. We, um, I'm much more interested in the $299 billion of other opportunities that exist out, out there. So I don't think we, um, we should be seen as a threat to the, um, the portal, but a, you know, a great partner for the industry. Well, Anthony, I would like to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing a little bit of what's happening in your world and, and what's, what's upcoming. I've got one final question for you, and that is, when's the launch date? We go to market on the 27th, 28th of September with our new site and we'll be in market advertising from the 30th. And it's view.com.au? Yes, the new brand will be view.com.au, the complete view of the market. Amazing. Anthony Catalano, thank you so much. Thanks, Anne. Congrats for the show. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to Connect Now. To stay in touch with all things Elite Agent, sign up for our daily newsletter, The Brief, at eliteagent.com slash subscribe.